Welcome to Session Zero, a D&D podcast to help new players get comfortable before their first role. All right, Christian, we have covered a lot of what it takes now to get somebody ready and confident in a character to sit down at the table ready to play. We have. So now we have to tell them next, I guess, how to play. How to play. Yeah. When you sit down at the table and you look to your left and right and you see the people that did all the same stuff you did, but there's one that didn't. That's kind of important in order to actually get to play the game. Yeah. The DM. Yeah, as we touched on very briefly in that first episode, who is the DM? What is their role and why are they different from any other player? The DM represents everything in the world that aren't the characters, aren't the players. The other like NPCs and people that they might run into, the uh, the environment itself. The nature itself. The yeah. rules of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to phrase it as the, the narrator of the consequences of the decisions that the players make. So not necessarily in that negative connotation of the word consequences, but any action they might take toward the environment, any action they might take toward the maybe NPCs that are in towns or they might run into or toward the Pantheon if they decide to curse the gods of the world, right? Or worship them or praise them. All of those things have consequences and ripple effects. And the DM gets to essentially inform the players as they're playing, as they're making these decisions actively. Said, okay, if you behave this way in this world, here's how it reacts to you. Yeah, I mean, they, they tell the story of what's going on around the place what's going on in this world. They, they really set the scene and just narrate everything that's going on around the players so that they can feel more immersed in the story. Yeah, that setting the scene, I think, is a big one. That's probably the most well-known trope of the DM or the, the stereotypical thing people might think of when they think of Dungeons & Dragons is one person looming over a table and describing this grand archway to this magnificent dragon's horde lair deep within the mountains and slowly, claw by claw, they come thundering over over their massive rock mount, whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that kind of big, ostentatious description of, it's not always that. No. But that is a large role of, you know, how do you get the ball rolling? How do you get people to start? And it's, it's also a great way to showcase the world around them in what can be more of a visual manner for people so that they can really immerse themselves, put themselves in the world, and then give the player the reins to mm-hmm. then go off and, and make those dis- informed decisions now that they know what's around them. A big part that really stands out to me when playing is a DM taking over NPCs, taking over these characters in the world and really making them, giving them a personality and really making them a character in this story that players are meeting. And I think apart from that, like a lot of modules and stuff will lay out characters for you. And just like, sometimes it might be a generalization of a character. Sometimes it might be really strict, but it's, it's going to be hard for a DM to then interact as this NPC with players' characters and how the players' characters really act and react and treat people around them in their environment. Which is a real exemplification of all that the DM has to do. Because they take where players get the advantage of really flushing out an individual personality and getting into the nitty gritty and and finding how in-depth that they can go. DMs have to get a baseline understanding or at least uh, an outline that they can improv from for everything. Yeah. For NPCs, for different environments, for possible, possible attackers 
or combatants, stuff like that. So yeah, an NPC, the DM has to be ready really at any point in time for the player to go, I want to go shopping for potions today. And then they have to be able to thumb through an NPC and be like, okay, uh, here's a druid that would be an apothecary that's, mm, and they look like this and they would sound uh, funny. I don't know. Or, oh, they would sound um, normal. Or there's, uh, they're doing something sneaky and a guard catches them. Quick, what does a guard sound like? Yeah. <laughs> halt! <laughs> Large and, and in charge and yeah. When it's funny too, in games that I've played, on many occasions, the DM will sit there and I'll be like, oh, like I want to talk to this person. And they go, okay, what did they sound like? <laughs> what voice did I use? <laughs> You're calling me out. <laughs> I think I said it in character at one point where I just started having a conversation with you guys again as a character that I had played in a previous session and in character just said something goofy like, and this person's accent is now different because I don't remember what it was. And I think it's a funny thing too, which I think can really play on to how hard it can be to be so many different NPCs is yeah. players will set up scenarios where two NPCs just really have to interact and so the DM is just having a conversation with themselves as two different characters yeah yeah which can just really play on how complicated it can be yeah that's definitely a strength of a, a dm is understanding how they can navigate those situations back to a character because truly they are just the i guess railroad tracks are probably the wrong phrase to use but they are kind of the outline right they're they're the larger encasing of the player's decisions and they just basically kind of push you in certain directions based on what you do, but they're not there to tell you how you can exactly play or the, de the decisions that you have to make mm -hmm. necessarily. Another rather complicated thing they have to keep track of would be combat. Talking about all of the different elements you have to balance all at once versus a player who's really only worried about their own ecosystem. Combat's a huge one. And the players are sitting there too with their sheets in front of them listing out exactly what all they can do, their spells, their weapons, knowing how they work, and the DM doesn't necessarily have that they might but then they're still looking at like five or six of them yeah so it's 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 complicated in the sense of also talking about npcs they have to then control all of these enemies in combat like maybe it's a party of four players facing up against six orcs you know yeah they have to be able to keep track of like all of these orcs and how they are fighting and you know sometimes you're gonna have npcs fighting with you you know yeah. on your side and you got to keep track of them and what they can do because they are gonna have more unique character sheets like yep. players and then keeping track of the players and then also having an understanding whenever a player wants to do cast a spell do a fancy roll with their sword or something they as the dm have to th have a basic understanding or at least try and come up with an understanding of those aspects yeah understand which questions to ask are definitely a big one that's something you'll you'll definitely see a lot or dms that will just straight up ask like what's wait what's the range on that hold on read me that spell real quick yeah and make sure that they just have the framework of knowing what is possible and what isn't based on the wording or know where to look to find it or something like that. While keeping the flow of the game. Yeah. Without yeah. trying, without, you know, causing a break or a, too long of a pause that's yep. going to, like, get people out of it, you know? Yeah, you, you hit on a couple of cool things from my first DMing experience where I kind of realized how complicated things were, which were looking into your guys' characters and going, oh, crap, I have to know how a rogue works and a cleric works and a ranger <laughs> works and an artificer works. Yeah. That was, the artificer was the big one for me because I was passingly familiar with the rest of the classes and when Emma picked an artificer I was like oh no <laughs> I have to read a whole class I don't know how you do 
anything. Yeah. So at least like a passable knowledge. And then also to comment about the level of complicated that things can get. The first time I had to keep track of hit points yeah. for enemies in combat. Yeah. I was like, oh crap. Wait, which one was ah, which which guy was number one? Oh, there's two, there's three groups, and then there were two NPCs as well that were mm-hmm. on your guys' side and fighting. Scramble for just a scratch sheet of notebook paper because I hadn't prepped for that yet. And then we were also trying to do like completely different things in combat. Like some oh, people were yeah. fighting on the beach, some of us were trying to get on the boat. Yeah. yeah. You guys, I'd set up what I thought would be a pretty standard, and this really speaks to right, you the DM can set up and we'll we'll get to kind of what prep looks like in a bit. But the DM basically, here's the whole episode summed up. You plan for stuff, it goes wrong. <laughs> That's it. I, I planned for what was, I thought, going to be a very simple, these people need help, you should go help them scenario. But even in the very bare bones drawing that I'd given you guys on the map, I gave you too much information to work with. And so there were three distinct groups of you <laughs> that said, all right, we're all going to go do different stuff. Yeah. <laughs> in a group of four players, somehow. Yeah. Two of you wanted to split off to go get a ranged height advantage that was going to take you far too long to get up there. Yeah. And one of you said, I'm not going to go to the combat at all. I'm going to go over here and heal people, which was not on the map in front of you at the table. <laughs> and the other ones are like, yeah, I guess we'll go toward the planned combat thing that's over here, the encounter that we're supposed to go to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's complicated. And I mean, you can think you have all of those things like laid out and prepped and you can spend a lot of time on it as a DM. DMs are going to spend a lot of time on that kind of stuff. And never get to it. And they never get to it, mm-hmm. but it is important for them to know those kinds of things, have that prep done yeah. to be be prepared like you were saying like looking at our character sheets you had to learn how how these different classes worked and everything yeah. and it is a lot and as a player too you have to understand that it is taking them a lot of time and effort out of their day to do these things before you even get to the table yeah that's a big we've mentioned prep already but there's a lot that goes into just the general knowledge of a dm about the ecosystem of the game specific to 5e as, as we've been talking about right there's even there's different systems or different versions of spells that come from previous editions of Dungeons and Dragons and some of that kind of nitpicky stuff that they either have to have that knowledge of beforehand or be able to quickly find out as to not, you know, all right, everybody take a five minute break while I figure out how this spell works. Yeah. And just the confidence too of going, I'm I'm not sure. I like this though. We're going to rule it that way. Yeah. There are other things DMs can do to kind of help uh, follow along for them and the players, you know, having different, like you mentioned maps in your drawings, like those were helpful to us to be able to see what you were talking about yeah. and for you to then also like be able to look at it and see where we really are and where we're moving. And there's a lot more to that too. You, I mean, you know, battle maps, of course, but then there's also like miniatures, uh, just stuff like that. Just overall ambiance too, trying to play music in the background, trying to set lighting yeah. for different scenarios. Yeah. It's a lot that the DM may end up prepping to try and help move it along and set a better experience, but that is still more effort and time. Yeah. All, all DMs are going to operate differently. I mean, those kind of bigger points that we we touched on before about telling the story, setting the atmosphere, running the NPCs, running combat and stuff. That oftentimes is going to be the case for most. Everything past that is going to be really discretion of what kind of game that they want to run, which we've talked a ton about, and how exactly they feel comfortable with their playstyle. right? You've mentioned some, some people that would prefer certain tools, maps, and minis, and such, and others may prefer just that theater of the mind, spoken word, kind of group, imaginative setting, as well as I mean, 
mean, we haven't touched on it a bunch because it will it will differ from DM to DM, but the way that the storytelling element works as well. You may have a DM that's really into that narrative, long form, more akin to the actual play stuff we've talked about mm-hmm. type of game, and that's an entire other set of plates to juggle in the air, aside from everything that we've mentioned as far as how the world is actively running around these players as they're making decisions, what consequences are falling from a storytelling element, from that kind of narrative point, how are things progressing over here? If they're going to lollygag in this town, has the, the the big bad guy, have they advanced their plans? Is there a, a faction of, of society that's growing more powerful? So on and so forth. Are there natural events in the world that are occurring while things are happening and you guys are hanging out in a tavern playing cards? Mm-hmm. Or does the party have an advantage when they finally get to those scenes because they didn't waste a lot of time because they got through the narrative bits that they wanted to. They've progressed in a certain way that lends themselves to that story is is a big part of it too. And I think to that point, if a DM is running a long-term thing and they're running it from a module, like there are stories already sent out ahead of what they are currently running. You know, like you're you're on one mission, well, the next mission is kind of already set out in this book. It's pre-written. And, you know, when the DM decides to just go, oh, like, screw it, I like this, they have to have an understanding of how does that going to affect the next part that is pre-written for me? Or even if they are writing their own story, if they wrote ahead that far, how is it going to affect that as well? You know, so it's it's understanding what material you're they're running from too. That's also not really the only form of playstyle that might change based on if they're doing something pre-written or if they're if they're making it up on their own either. That can have an effect on how they role play. Mm-hmm. If somebody operates better with pre-written module stuff because they have all of these NPCs that are flushed out or maybe they're better off role-playing characters that they got to create themselves, it can all differ based on on every DM. So the same thing can be said for DMs the way that we've talked about players wanting to find the game that works for them. They're not always going to run a game that is for everybody and they have equal say at the table really about how no more say, right? The players are perfectly valid in what they want as well, but a DM can dictate same way I did with you guys and said, Mm -hmm. listen, I know some of you guys like the silly joke characters and we'll run one shots and we have and we'll do kind of that silly one-off stuff. For this one, I'd really like to explore that that narrative element and I would hope that you guys make something that's a bit more intriguing or has room for for growth, for character growth and development down the line that can play into the story because that's what I wanted out of it. Mm-hmm. So it's an it's an equal say at the table. It's not necessarily some people are like, oh, this guy's going to tell me what I can and can't do and the DM, they're, you know, they're in charge. Not really. They have an equal say. They're a player just like everybody else in that sense. They just do a different form of work. Yeah. You, you could make a good argument. It's definitely more work, but they still have an equal say. And they might have like more control over the world too, but but that's because they kind of have to. Yeah. They, they don't really have say over you. They can give suggestions. Yeah. They can have cause things to happen to you, but you still get to react as your character. Right. And that more work, I think, comes from adapting to the players. That's yeah. Their whole role is to get all of your feedback, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it is that you like, whatever it is you want out of the game, and then mold what they had in mind already into something that will fit everything. Mm. Um, all of those players once, you know, if you've got one player specifically at the table who loves combat and one that has role play, they've got to find that equal balance. But if the DM themselves wants to unravel this big narrative story, then their role at that point is to feed in nice story bits for their own purposes to the character that loves role play and then introduce an important character to the story that is the large combatant that's going to be that big fight in the middle of the set. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Kind of tie those elements together and see how they can work fluidly to create a story for everybody at the table. And I think too, like the DM isn't trying to stop you. They're not trying to hurt you. No. But no story is good where everything just works and happens. You know, they're trying to like apply pressure onto you. They're trying to, you know, put 
you down a little bit so that you can put yourself back up. They're trying to put right. you in these puzzles for you to solve. I like tying it back there to my comment about running both NPCs that are on your side in combat as well as all of the combatants, right? The DM's not there to kill you. It's not, I'm just, unless that's their game, which, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's plenty out there that exists like that. For the most part, the DM's goal is to present you with challenges, not start every session with how many players can I kill today? <laughs> They're not just going to constantly throw this crap at you and be like, well, I'm, until I find the one that gets you, right? They're going to scale it and they're going to put pressure on. And it's so that you collectively as a table can tell an intriguing story that you enjoy. Yeah. And feel rewarded, yeah. right? No story. If you're playing a one shot, absolutely. I want to feel, I want to feel like I was a hero by the end of it, mm -hmm. but no story is just going to open up with be like, all right, guys, we played three sessions. We played for a total of 15 hours and you're the champions of the universe and you're basically gods and no one holds a candle to you. It's like, okay, thanks. Yeah. That's not very interesting. Well, and that's just kind of some of the stuff that the DM can do for the players to try and make it a better experience, make yeah. it a better environment. It can happen on smaller scale, too. It doesn't have to be, you know, just the giant, grand, overarching story elements. When we talk about putting pressure on players, I, like I put you guys on a real timer. Yeah. That was just, just to get you to make decisions and to set the scene of, uh, we've mentioned before, but the, the island you all were on was sinking, right? Mm -hmm. So I, at one point, clicked something on my laptop and smiled at all of you, and I got kind of a look of, that's weird. What happened? And then a couple minutes later, just so you know, that smile <laughs> explained it. It was like, I started a 15 minute timer. When that beeps, y'all are going to lose some ground. Yeah. <laughs> and immediately the mood shifted in the room. And there's other ways to do that too. I've heard of like just rolling like a D4 and like that's how many rounds of combat until you know yeah. the event happens, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Because timing can also, you know, another matter of DMs knowing their players is we had a player at our table who takes fucking forever to do anything at all. <laughs> And so he set that timer and I was one of the last people in the initiative order of yep. combat and I didn't get to go because <laughs> the, we didn't get to me on the timer because some people took so long to because do their the thing. the other three players took more than like probably 12 minutes was at the point when I had announced it to get through their turns. Yeah. So it's also that kind of understanding of a DM knowing their players and their play style, how yep. they can uh, efficiently apply pressure to their players, as well as players understanding that DMs are going to hopefully know those things about them and kind of maybe play to those vulnerabilities a little bit or something, you know? Yeah. It's all about balancing the elements of the world with elements of it still being a game. Yeah. Basically that juggling act of saying, I'm trying to craft this real place for you all to exist in, but I also understand that we're all sitting around a table or we're in a Discord server or we're playing on Roll20 or whatever. I get that we're playing a game. We're doing a fun thing mm -hmm. and this is not actually our real life. So how can I bring in elements to combine the both of those and make it seem more genuine and fun? Or how can I try and drown you out from your real life with all of this cool story stuff that I'm doing so that you can forget all of that and forget that we're playing a game, right? It's whatever mm -hmm. you're aiming for. It's it's that balancing act. It's the juggling of how do I get the, the experience that my players want and what tools can I use in order to achieve it? That's one of the big things about a DM is their job is to immerse players into the story, into the world, into yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. And that is, you know, all of this is a lot that the DM will do for their players or can do for their players, but that is not a one-way relationship. No. Players have to have these understandings 
so that the DM themselves can also have fun. You're trying to, you yeah. have to reciprocate. Yeah. While it is less, maybe less effort and less of your time to prepare for these things. Be. It doesn't have to be. No. It really doesn't. But I think overall, it, it's probably going to be. Yeah. And so really putting in the effort to make it fun for them too yeah. is very important. I think the most valuable way I've come across to do that is to try and pick up on the threads that are being placed. And there's a way you can go overboard and kind of over analyze each and every little small detail and does this mean something interconnected to whatever but just being honed in and looking for asking questions if it's other players backstory that are getting the highlight just being involved and understanding and in taking that information so that you're not later dragging the session on for something that was covered a week ago mm -hmm. or you know however many sessions oh, we already went over that you just don't clarify quite mechanical questions and stuff like that or you know hey you pronounced this funny name once like three months ago and I I can't tell the way that I wrote it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's fine. No, don't don't ask questions. No, but being tuned in and paying attention and actively receiving information so that you can then make informed decisions based off of it. And you're not just constantly like, well, this is my character uninformed and shoots a bow and arrow and yeah. just do the same thing every time. You want to be able to adapt to the world as it changes around you. You should have that inform your decisions as well. You play D&D &D to be part of the story. Yeah. I mean, that is ultimately, I think, what D&D &D is. It's just storytelling. Yeah. And you have to go there as a player and contribute to the story. It's yeah. not about the DM or the other players telling you a story. It's not a bedtime story. Yeah. You are actively part of the story. Mm -hmm. And you have to contribute. You have to understand and you have to collaborate with these other players and with the DM and really put forth the effort to make it fun for them as well. Yeah. Everybody there is trying to do the same thing as you, hopefully. So there should be a nice collaborative relationship at the table, but it's it's the DM, it's the other players. Everybody is is telling the story all at the same time, and so the best way that you can participate and help out both the DM, but all you know, also the the other players at the table, is just to be there and be present. Be excited about what you're coming to the table with, but also be excited and appreciate what the DM has done to set up this game and what other players have also done, much like you, yeah. to sit there and try and make it fun for everyone. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of effort was put in by a lot of people people to sit down at this table and play. So you got to appreciate that and you got to yeah. like know and understand that they did that for themselves, but as well as for you. Or at just the baseline, putting in the level of work that is needed to just ask that mm -hmm. and make sure that, hey, I didn't have a whole lot of time to prep and this was kind of, that's everybody's, that's everybody's mood, right? Like all of us just kind of slap together a character sheet and we're going to do a funny, goofy lunch. Okay, cool. We're all on the same page. Sweet. And then if that's all the work you're doing, awesome. <laughs> but yeah. everybody's on that page and everybody knows. I feel like we should also maybe cover just the be a decent human aspect as well. Yeah. Using other people's stuff, being in spaces. Because you wouldn't think that you'd have to explain that to everybody. You wouldn't, but, but you it's, do. it's come up. <laughs> it, you do, you know? Like, understanding, you know, you might play in a wide variety of different places. Mm -hmm. It might You might go play at, like, a restaurant. You might, I know my home board game store has a back room in, like, one yeah. night a week. They always run, like, just one-shots for DMs and players to yep. come in and play with new people. And so, like, knowing where you are, you're in a board game store, you're in a right. business. You're a, in somebody else's basement. Or, yeah, if you play in someone else's basement or if you play you know in a public space and if if the dm brings battle maps if they bring yeah. minis knowing that you know this breakable things breakable things yeah. like while yes this is a toy this is you know understanding how to actually use it and appreciate it minis aren't cheap man they're not they're really not <laughs> so yeah general housekeeping things are definitely important i like that you mentioned other board game stores mm -hmm. right because you wouldn't think about it but don't be obnoxious and yell or at least feel out the environment first and make sure that that's an okay thing to do because maybe 
maybe this is somebody's hometown board game store. They like to they'd like to not get kicked out of. Yeah, <laughs> they might know people, right? Somebody's family member could be asleep upstairs. It's just being understanding of the real world around you and respecting, like we just talked about, respecting the time and effort, respect their property too, respect yeah. their relationships outside of the world. Yeah, it goes hand in hand with, and we talked about you know DM's prep time as well. So make sure you don't walk in and do something that would ruin that experience, not only in that moment, but then also would kind of put a stain on all of the work and prep that they've done up until that point. Because they do. They put in the time so that everybody can have fun at the table together. And also when it comes to respecting people's time, if there's a certain amount of work that's expected of you, I say work with air quotes, but, you know, prep ahead of time that's expected of you as a player to come in prepared with something for that session. Do your best to do that. Life gets in the way. We all get it. You know, you can actively communicate those things, but do your best to either get those things done and meet the expectations that everybody left off with or communicate in a healthy way. Hey, work happened. Life happened. Mm -hmm. Got busy. How can we adapt? I mean, Dungeons and Dragons is not a birthday party. This group of people are not sitting around you to shower you with love and gifts. It's a potluck. It's meant for you and your friends or these people to come together and all contribute to the effort and have a good time. I like that. I like that. I do want to take an additional moment before we've moved on, even though we kind of mentioned that already, but really highlight that that aspect of participating in other players' backstories or aspects that are important to them and why that seems like maybe a funky way that you can do something for your DM, right? You are doing something for the entire table, but it does help the DM a lot as well as taking that pressure off of their shoulders Mm -hmm. a little bit and being more of an active participant instead of kind of a viewer to the situation. And, you know, I walk through this door, what's in there now, right? I walk in and I'm looking for this specific thing and might I notice through the crowd, right? And being able to do that or in conversations with NPCs instead of constantly having it a one-off back and forth, right? Receiving some information from an NPC through the mouth of the DM, right? Mm. That's interesting. What do you think about that and turning and involving other players at the table? It helps that collaborative storytelling element and it takes some of that pressure off the DM. DMs a lot of times can, you know, feel that weight of constantly having to walk every moment throughout the game. Uh, and so you invite other players in, which we've mentioned could help new players yeah. big time. And we've we tried to do when we, we brought some new people to the table, but it takes a lot of that lift off. If you think that you can tell a story, tell a story within the bounds that have been created for you within those boundaries. But. Well, I think another big boundary, uh, particularly this one is a physical one, is yeah. the DM screen. <laughs> you know? I forgot about that. The DM screen is very important to understand that while yes it is probably just a flimsy piece of cardboard (laughs) it is very important not to look over that wall for for sake of not ruining the story but for the sake of also just it's protecting the uh, the the effort that the yeah. DM put into the game. It's a respectful thing. And maybe th- there's some DMs out there that have nothing behind that screen. And that is certainly a power move. Hats off to yeah. you. Um, oftentimes, they've got stuff that they want to reveal in a manner. And that's, you know, the DM screen, the DM's notebook, the DM's uh, Google Drive, <laughs> wherever they keep their notes. Yeah. Stay out. <laughs> Don't spoil stuff. Maybe they have like physical minis back there too. Like, yeah. oh, like surprise attack by this giant surface. No, the minis is exactly why, if you guys remember that that game that we'd played in the room with the double doors, or the two sets of doors, and I pulled a curtain over one and had to let you guys in through the one that was locked from the outside, and you're like, why are we doing that? It was because you couldn't see behind the DM screen from that door, the way that the table was mm-hmm. set in that room. And for some context, we had to we had to rent a room out here on the university's campus, so it was just kind of already set up that way. And yeah, then I griped at one of our players because I did all of that work so that I could have my own little secured corner off to, to 
one end of the table and one of the players walked right up like fully stood and almost started to look over the screen i was like bro come on really and the whole point of that was because i hadn't told any of you guys that i had bought a map and i bought a little set of miniatures and i was going to break it out for mm-hmm. the first time that game and she almost saw all of that i was like you would have spoiled the whole thing come on so i mean really having that basic respect of yeah the dm has this little wall that you know they probably mm-hmm. bought on amazon or from D beyond or something that's just this little you know little thing but it is yeah. important in respecting that physical boundary which i think along the lines of boundaries and the real world all of these people sitting at the table are real people. Yeah. You need, you know, having the basic understanding that these are also human. Mm -hmm. Apart from the game, just understanding what they might be comfortable with, expressing what you are and aren't comfortable with. Yeah. The DM in particular, I know we've talked about, or I guess I've talked about Critical Role quite a bit here already, but they talk about the Matt Mercer effect, which is expecting so much out of a DM and then being disappointed or being frustrated when they don't kind of live up to that. Well, that's a real human. So, you know, sometimes if you throw an oddball question out of field about one of the outer planes of existence that, well, if they haven't read that stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'd be like, come on, you don't, like we're they, slowing the game down. I was like, well, you're, you're asking some crazy stuff here. <laughs> like, this is also a guy who probably works like a nine to five IT <laughs> job, you know? <laughs> right? Like, Whatever it is. He's got a life too. Yeah. In the case of you know, our, our former DM, he's a baby and a wife upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's got a life. Yeah. So understanding that, you know, this is an equal participant and what you're doing and they've got their own, they've got their own stuff that they've got to attend to and they work real hard so that they can answer all of those crazy questions because anything that any weird rabbit hole you might stumble into they then go oh great now i gotta research that yeah <laughs> so I mean, we talked about like playing in different places and like kind of respecting the the area and the physical things a lot of that comes with like house rules and different oh, yeah. you know the different ways that you play like like you've mentioned we played at our one dm's house and you know he had a baby and a wife upstairs so like when he and he had he had pets too you know baby sleeping mm-hmm. we don't want to make the dogs bark or anything mm-hmm. but he was very nice and like oh like if a lot of you have to go to the bathroom there was one down there with us but there was another one upstairs just do it quietly just do it quietly Mm -hmm. like let me go first let me like put the dogs out so that they don't you know bother them just like those kinds of house rules and also like at restaurants and bars if that's where you're playing like also respecting the fact that that is a business that has their own rules yeah what you know what you can and can't do there yeah being respectful of the fact that it is a service a different form of house rules in my opinion would be like how a dm might rule a natural 20 or how they want to treat the rules of inspiration or maybe some even as large as classes, but certain spells or something like, I just don't want that in my game. Yeah. I think it's overpowered, stuff like that. Like the Eloquence Bard. Yeah. A lot of that can change up too, based on, you know, obviously the DM, but the way that you play. Um, some house rules about some stuff that I would mention actually after playing some online games, and I did this with you guys a little bit too, even in the in-person game, was like, if you send me anything that's D&D related, I want it to be over Discord, right? Having the do kind of different ways that you operate and function. For me, it's just an organization tool. Mm-hmm. I use that Discord channel for our D&D game. I use my text messages for a different thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I use Slack for work, like these kind of different channels. And I know that can be particularly hard with online games as well. And I mean, speaking of many different like ways and places to play, how to find people, you know, if you don't have a DM yet, there, oh, yeah. there are a lot of ways to find one, you know? I mean, you could just ask around with your friends. I mean, that's how I got into it was talking to you first and our first yeah. conversation was about D&D. That, you know, yeah. that's kind of how I got into it. Um, back in high school, I went to like my local board game story and I was asking about D&D and they're like hey you know like every Wednesday night we just have like open play you can just come in mm-hmm. sit down at a table and like they'll they'll walk you through it they're really good about it that you know that's another way
way finding those public resources yeah. in your community or like the online games. That's how I did mine. Yeah. It was over a Facebook a Facebook group of some kind that finding, was just board finding gamers some in the sort area. of forum. Yeah, mm-hmm. like on either like on a Reddit or on you know just fa- a Facebook group anywhere. You know, yeah. finding a community and finding a DM. Yeah. And also in turn, like we've mentioned before, if you sit down at a table and you don't necessarily enjoy the experience, and it might be because you don't like the way that they play and you might prefer a different way, there's a lot of other resources to find other DMs if you do yeah. think that you want to find a different one. I think that's an excellent point. We've talked about before if that game's not for you, so this is definitely a useful tool for that. Also, a thanks to anybody who's gotten through this series up until this point and isn't about to actively sit down and play a game at a table. Hats off to you. Yeah. Thanks very much. Because we didn't really have, have you in mind, I don't think. But no, no that's, that's really awesome. And fear not, if you're listening to this DM episode and you're thinking, man, all this sounds great. Now I gotta find one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not as hard as you think. Uh, I, there's it, ways that you can do it for sure. And I mean, I every DM I've ever met has just been so nice and like welcoming. Like, yeah. Like they, they want new players. And Even if they're other, not, find a new one. No, yeah. Like <laughs> that, they are an outlier. They're not yeah. going to be the general consensus of the community. And, you know, that'll be the same matter of fact for, for players too. Like yeah. if you go to, like I said, that, that board game night or whatever at a board game store, the other players are going to be sitting there. They know that this is an event mm-hmm. where they are trying to welcome new players. They're they doing are the same thing as you teach, too. Or they're doing the same thing as you. Yeah. So it's it's that kind of understanding as a Dungeons and Dragons community. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I do feel like here at the end too, we should mention that we are aware that we did not explain how to be a first time DM. We did not. That is not our intent here. It is um, not. If that is something you would like to hear from the both of us, as we both now have run games as brand new DMs and yeah. still have that fresh on the brain, we would love that feedback. For sure, we've thought about doing that for this series in particular. It was not really our idea, but we could either maybe make a little series doing that or there's plenty of resources that exist online. The biggest gap we both thought, I think you'd agree here, is mm. that there wasn't a whole lot of cohesive resource specific to new players that kind of explained all these terms and everything as we've already mentioned before, kind of in that first episode. And I mean, if you are looking to be a DM too, I hope that this episode was useful and yeah. sure you were getting it from the perspective of a player understanding what a DM is, but that, that, yeah. that can be very helpful information for you as a potential future DM. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I'd say this episode needs a very special thank you. Yeah. As this is the last in our series. Yeah. We've certainly had some fun doing this. I think we I think. have, yeah. Yeah. I really, I appreciate the feedback that we've gotten already and, and look forward to hearing how other people receive it. Something we didn't expect right at the top, if we could give a couple of cool highlights. Uh, DMs, thanks for sending this to your players. Yeah. For some reason, we hadn't considered that when we started. <laughs> we were just like, yeah, players will just want to know how to play and they'll organically find it. And like we we talked about like before doing this, how how much we would have appreciated having a resource like this. Yeah. And I, I really do hope that it was helpful because I even like talked to people and be, they'll be like, oh, like, you know, where are you going? What are you doing this day? I'm like, oh, I'm recording a podcast. And they're like, well, what's it about? And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's about Dungeons and Dragons. And the people that I wouldn't even expect, they'd be like, can you send it to me? Yeah. Like, I've always wanted to get into that. And yeah. I didn't really, wait, no, a podcast would be so cool can i can i listen to that? and so like i really hope hope that this is like useful for people yeah. and like i the feedback that we have gotten has been like awesome and i'm very thankful that people find this useful and they find it exciting you know yeah so here's hoping that all of you listening are rolling tens and above for the entirety of your first session yeah. with a couple of failures because that's what makes it interesting it is what makes it fun yeah Alrighty, i think we get to sign off yeah christian you want to take us out bye this has been another episode of session zero Episodes written by Christian Shell, produced and edited by Luke Stone, and intro and outro music composed by Diego Wagner. If you enjoy our show, please subscribe to stay tuned in for more episodes. 
DMs. Are you tired of having to teach new players how to play the game? Are you too busy setting up for the next session? Are you the rules lawyer at the table and tired of answering thousands of questions from new players trying to get their first character off the ground? Well, that's where Session Zero comes in. Session Zero is the podcast for you to send to new players so that you don't have to do the teaching. If you have other friends you're trying to bring into the Dungeons & Dragons fold or new players sitting at the table with you along for the ride for the very first time, please share our show with them and we can help as many people as possible get into D&D. Check out our next episode for more Dungeons & Dragons content. And as always, thank you for listening to Session Zero.